0: happy friday philip
1: hey happy friday (laughs) lennon
0: (laughs) that was very enthusiastic for no reason i'm pretty tired honestly yeah me too yeah (laughs) but it's exciting we're our first podcast episode of conversations in the office
1: yeah i'm really excited about this uh you and i have great conversations so it's a It's a wonderful way for us to actually share them with others.
0: We do have a conversation topic for today. Uh, We've decided on repetition.
1: Yeah, yeah. Repetition, repetition, repetition.
0: Now, I have a bunch of notes here based on both readings and things I contemplate on a daily basis. (laughs) Okay, good. So let's see where we could start. I think the easiest would be the most obvious, which is music.
1: Ah, yeah. Well, you and I both love to listen to music. And we both love similar types of music as well. And um, one of the things that actually is very interesting about repetition is in music is that repetition isn't just a uh, repetition of a particular thing in music. It actually gives structure to the music. What I mean by that is um, a lot of music actually communicates through its repetition. And the basic types of ways we have of thinking about structures and songs, experimental music, and even classical music involve repetition in some form.
0: I don't usually think about music in that context. I guess I think about it more in the context of pop music, of what's popular, um, in terms of community building. Unfortunately, I have a lot to say about this, but it's it's more of a (laughs) dense topic, which I'll just get into, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, So I'm really into hip-hop. Yeah, Um, I don't listen to it religiously or anything, um, but I feel like there's a lot of nuances to it. Mm -hmm. And the one that I think about a lot is sampling in particular. And I feel like it not only highlights maybe obscure music that um, culturally we haven't appreciated over time, but also kind of validates... I, I think it's the right word, mm. uh, a certain community that has engaged with uh, that form at some point. Uh, for me in particular, I feel like a lot of hip-hop artists, they love music from video games in the 90s.
1: Right, right.
0: And I've noticed that there is like a lot of sampling going on there. But it's actually m- more complex than that. Not only is... Let's say sampling in particular from like Sega Genesis games. Hmm. Um, very popular in kind of in uh, the indie underground hip hop scene. But for me, what I listen to is, oh, a lot of these, they're defined as new school rappers. The beats they use are all square form waves.
1: Interesting. Now, what do you mean by a square form wave?
0: Like an audio waveform like waveforms that are square <laughs> rather than like sine or right,
1: instead of the usual kind of sine wave.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh which is uh, it's m- most common because it's kind of soft on the ears while squares yeah. are are very much very piercing.
1: Right, because they have um uh, they just their attack is immediate and there's no decay.
0: Yes. Right? And I've noticed that's become particularly popular as of late.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. And the way it's been, I guess, recontextualized is, you know, transformed. Let's say in a video game, it's supposed to convey a sense of wonder. I would say that in this new type of music, it's more of a sense of, like, haziness, reverie. Right, right. You know, you're, at, you're out at a party and you're having a good time because you don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Which I feel like those are two clear correlations to me that yeah. are like, yeah, for me, those are similar feelings, <laughs> like the sense of wonder you get as a child playing those video games. Probably the same being in that environment as an adult. A different environment, but same feeling is how I'm getting at Right,
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. I see. Okay, so that's a really interesting uh, concept about repetition yeah. and something that has a real strong resonance in um, intellectual history, actually. Mm-hmm. The difference between um, repetition of the same and repetition as a form of engagement to create something new. Right? So this is, and this has been, this was argued actually most famously by Kierkegaard. And, Makes uh, sense. <laughs> yeah, when Kierkegaard was thinking about, uh, you know, his little essay, an essay where he was uh, portrayed a guy who was um, just broken up with his, with his lover. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fellow was thinking about, was going back to the place, the places that he and his lover used to inhabit. Now, the interesting thing about this is that they kind of came to this realization that there's two ways of returning. And I think this tells us a lot about difference. And that one of the ways is to return to kind of recapture that old feeling. And the other one is, I think, much more subtle and much more nuanced and gets exactly to what you were talking about with uh with music and that is there's a way that we use repetition to return somewhere to create something new as we do it right Mm -hmm. and this is what i was talking about earlier on when i was saying that repetition in music not only just repeats the same it actually helps differentiate and structure something entirely new
0: the first thing that came up to me uh, when you were talking about going back to a time that it was kind of desired, let's say. Yeah. Uh, Freudian concept, right? Uh, repetition, compulsion?
1: Repetition and compulsion, yeah. Yeah. And developed, actually, elegantly in, in my favorite Freudian mm-hmm. piece, and that's um, Beyond the Pleasure Principle. Ooh. That's and that's like, contrast great title. And contra- Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when Freud tries to think about why do we repeat things, Mm -hmm. even if they don't bring us pleasure. Yeah. Right? And this is where the compulsion to repeat comes from. And Freud ends up doing some really cool stuff that can spin us off into a beautiful universe of discussion about biology and Mm -hmm. beings. But for Freud, it was a way that we incorporated kind of an inorganic aspect of the world into ourselves. Mm-hmm. in this notion of repetition, right? That kind of moved us beyond very much what Freud thought of as the pleasure principle that come, derives from our organic being, where it's more teleological and we search for pleasure. This is, for Freud, this was like below that level and was all about a part of us that is mm-hmm. mineral, and just wants to repeat and repeat and repeat.
0: I'm thinking repetition as a tool for social engineering.
1: Ah uh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh and I'm c i am i will touch upon this a little bit more. Uh but I I think I want to stay on the topic of music a little bit further okay. for at least the next few minutes because you might have more to say that might enthrall me. But I know exactly where I'm going with this. Okay. Yeah.
1: We're all uh, you, you want me to roll on social engineering or you want me to roll on music?
0: Let's go on social engineering.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay, this is really fascinating. There's been a recovery really in the last 20 years of a French sociologist by the name of Gabriel Tarde. Okay. And Tarde's work is uh, in contrast to a lot of other people's thinking about uh, human activities. One of the things that Tarde recognizes is the importance of imitation, mm-hmm. not, not you know, original creation, necessarily, in human life, but imitation. And so Tarde, as developed through some thinkers like Tony Sampson in his book, Virality, ends up becoming a touchstone right, mm-hmm. for thinking about how repetition occurs through modern media and the different ways we have of communicating. And a good example of that is thinking about the virality or the repetition of the dissemination through repetition of a meme, right? Yeah. What does that do? What's what's the consequences of that? A lot of our communications happen through memes, emojis, elements we have that are repeating that are not necessarily textual, right? Mm-hmm. And then also, how can we actually build a way of thinking about communication that can incorporate this in a way that can create to more creative and less oppressive mm-hmm. forms of relationships or is it something that we just need to be mindful of and be careful that we don't do? And that kinda of, for me that's kind of where, where we started was so important. Mm-hmm. I think if we start with music and how repetition can structure things, it takes us into a totally different
0: So I'm on TikTok a lot. I'm not sure if you have a TikTok.
1: No, but I, uh, I've, uh, my daughter, my daughter uh, gives me highlights of her feed.
0: Yeah, it's it's my favorite platform, a social media platform, Um, and and that's mostly because it's people are so creative. Yeah. (laughs) And people build community in the weirdest ways. Yeah. Uh, like for example, on my main feed called the For You uh, page on the app. Um, there's a, there, there was a video the other day that had like, I want to say like 3 million views, 400k likes, and it was just a video of someone eating,
1: <laughs> yeah, it was like low angle,
0: someone eating very like slow and sensually.
1: Oh, that's cool.
0: And like the comment sections is people are just laughing at it. <laughs>
1: So that's really interesting. What are, can, can you tell me, can you explain to me a little bit more about the creative potential there?
0: I, it, it's less about the content and more what people do with the content. I get it. Yeah, like we're forcing this into importance is how I'm thinking about it.
1: Absolutely. Okay. So so there's a type of highlighting that takes place, right? So it, yeah. it raises it into importance. This comes back to your insights about community building. Mm-hmm. The fact that people then engage in that, that's what builds the community, right? Definitely. Yeah. Okay, that's really cool.
0: Um, but uh, what I wanted to touch upon in regards to social engineering, (laughs) (laughs) this is going to be a whole thing. Sorry, I'm I'm kind of excited. Okay, go, let's roll, man. Yeah. Um, so first I'm going to preface this by saying that one thing that I like about talking with people, you know, just eventually something's going to click. And I had that moment, a very significant moment like that with one of the of our CHID students, or I guess graduates.
1: Oh, fascinating.
0: Yeah, this was when I was doing the student recordings mm. um, for for Instagram. Uh, I was talking to Julian. Was it Julian? No, it was Brenton. It was Brenton. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> might have been both of them. I think was, I asked the same question, because uh, that's where the conversation was. There, and
1: there's repetition for yeah, you. There's repetition right there.
0: <laughs> um, but uh, I, I guess the question I asked was... Um, how would you define your love language? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and either one of them or both of them said a, a gift giving.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I, <laughs> I felt an immediate connection <laughs> because that's something I, I think about a lot in terms of my relationships with people. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's not only a part of my identity, but it's also kind of a part of my own personal happiness and gaining uh, that.
1: Oh, cool. Good.
0: And and that's how so I... So
1: now f- I know how I to get you gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Philip. <laughs>
0: but that's what I mean about social engineering. Uh, it's kind of a meme with my friends, if anything. I see.
1: Yeah, I get it. And so the idea here with the gift giving is yeah. you are actually... This is an act that you're repeating, right? Mm -hmm. And gets repeated throughout your interactions. And because of that repetition, right? Um, And it's really then the type of repetition that we talked about before Mm -hmm. the type of repetition where you go back to do something new, right? That's what happens when you give a gift. Yeah. Um, At least a successful gift.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: And um, so that's actually. So you think that that's where we build community?
0: Definitely. That's very interpersonal. Uh, And it gets harder, um, you know, once you leave certain institutions. Yeah. Um, Like, for example, a lot easier for me to achieve that in college. uh, Because you're always seeing the same person over and over again, whether that's in class or an organization or whatever. Um, And that's where I really honed my skills is how I'm going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, like I kind of found out, like okay, what things really connect with people? Yeah, yeah. And Got su- it. surprise, surprise, food is the most popular option.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I love gifts of food actually, and I and that, that's a type of gift. Actually, I feel happy and comfortable giving. Mm-hmm. And um, not growing up in a in a family that gave a lot of gifts.
0: Yeah,
1: I have issues with gifts. Not yeah. issues with food, but um, actually my family just didn't have a lot of intimacy to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I just, I guess my larger issue is with intimacy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of the reasons why I love your idea about the gift of food, right? Mm-hmm. Is that it's a way of thinking about how intimacy becomes kind of material and embodied in a way that helps sustain people. Mm-hmm. And that is absolutely a type of, uh, that's, that's, a type of uh, gift gifting that I'd be happy to get behind.
0: Yeah. uh, I I guess speaking on intimacy, that's kind of the fine line um, when you're trying to uh, convince someone through repetitive tasks or yeah, tasks is a fine word that, that, you know, you're worth being in their life. Yeah. Um, because it has to be kind of personal, but not too personal. Because oh, yeah. That, that, that might be too weird. But
1: this is part of the, the, mm-hmm. the thing about repetition is, um, and again, I think it goes back to the, fat, uh, the, the uh, references to TikTok, social media, and that is um, repetition in this form and intimacy plays out differently when it's sounds, images or texts. Mhm. Right? Texts have often been uphold as, a, as as with a certain epistemological standard or a standard of how we get to know and understand the world. And um for a lot of pe- for a lot of texts repetition is tough unless you're in a song or you're a poet, right? But not so with music, not so with TikTok. Mhm. Right? And, and not so with memes. I'm wondering if there's a different type of intimacy that's communicated through sounds and images versus texts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Please, please do this, because this could really help my love life. Tell me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a loaded question. So I'll, I'll answer with how I can answer. Okay. Uh, which is more just relating all of that into the practical is how I'm going to say it Uh, because as you were talking I was thinking about how a gift giving could be kind of like a musical composition it's like okay I'll start off with something small what's small Um, I don't know what do people my age do a playlist that's what young people do Uh, (laughs) uh, but the thing about a playlist is that it's so um, non-threatening that it's a good first step
1: but it's pretty ambiguous too, right? You, you, yeah. I mean, in my day, it was uh, a mixtape, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there was, I mean, that's a loaded gift. What do you somebody gives you a mixtape, you know? Yeah, it's an open ended intimacy there. <laughs> Where does it go? Is this what are they saying to me?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, there's a different, like, I, I would argue there's a difference between the playlist and the mixtape. Um, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, a mixtape is, is pretty. You know, it's a physical gift,
1: and and, and it goes into it. There's a lot more construction than like creating a playlist on uh, uh, on Spotify.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's. I, I would say it's less personal. It's still somewhat intimate, like especially if you're not very subtle with your playlist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this is cool. Uh-huh. Okay, and I think I think. Your observation actually helped me understand that fine line between intimacy Mm -hmm. and repetition, and that is when you make a playlist and then and and gift it to somebody. Mm -hmm. That ends up becoming you're not telling them something, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a message about. You do this, or you don't do that. The common idea we have of thinking about how communication happens, the common and, I think, would argue misguided way of thinking about how communication happens. Mm-hmm. Instead, what you're doing is you're kind of, it's like an invitation. Mm. It's a welcoming. This is, it's like saying, here is a, an aural <laughs> space yeah. that I've been inhabiting. Come join this with me.
0: Dang. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I'm saying, but I've never thought about it in those words. <laughs> you know, that's going to make me th- rethink a lot of, uh, I guess, playlists that I've given <laughs> with yeah. that context. And it will be probably a little bit uncomfortable for myself <laughs> and be like, oh gosh, <laughs> what space was I inferring?
1: Oh yeah, man, I don't even want to go back to the ones I've shared, so... <laughs>
0: But it might be important for me personally, just, <laughs> just so I could, if I, I don't usually like playlists anymore because I feel like I'm a bit better at giving a gift that I would perceive as something that's, I don't know, higher value, uh, but right, still right. pretty low risk is how I'm going to say it.
1: Ah, uh, Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I, no, that's right. I feel like a book is a good start.
1: Uh, well, it's the same type of thing, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, this is a, this is a, this is a. Uh, inner world landscape that I've experienced through mm-hmm. engaging with this text. I'd like to. I'd like you to share. I'd like to share it with you.
0: But a book I've never read. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It's. Uh, I. I. I feel like giving a book that I've read. That's. That's very personal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I. I feel like there. It, it. might be. Uh. It might promote anxiety in people. Like, oh gosh, this book means a lot to you. Yeah. I don't feel like reading it
1: <laughs> yeah I know it's it becoming a burden right Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my god what? how can I how can I live up to the expectation of reading this book <laughs>
0: <laughs> but just buying a book based on someone's interest even if you've never read the book even if you will never read the book you have no interest in it the gift itself and the presentation of it all I feel like it's worth a was it ten dollars to give uh, <laughs> t- uh, to buy and give to someone.
1: This is a pretty cheap book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm starting small here, uh, and I, I I would also argue that uh, it's less about monetary value and more about how much effort okay, you put yeah. into something.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I was just being snide. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> no, I like I got that. <laughs> yeah. Uh I I guess this is the topic we're going into and we're having a great time with it. Yeah, no, Ooh. this is fantastic. Uh would you I have a question for you.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Um have you ever given a gift that you would perceive uh both high risk and high reward?
1: Okay, I I I'm 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 I like spelunking into the corners of my memories right now <laughs> and uh, I have given gifts in some sense and this goes back to the intimacy thing for me all gifts are high risk
0: ooh that's that's, that's a very good and cautious way to approach it I would say that the highest risk item is a letter
1: oh there's a lot you can mess up in a letter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, letters are. Uh, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, no. Speaking of shame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, it's good that I don't make copies of mine and then that they're just out in the world. Yeah. For no. me to hopefully never find again. So, by letter,
1: you're talking about a handwritten letter.
0: Handwritten. Oh, yes. That's another thing that, was, that I did a lot you know, a few years back. Writing people's letters, us uh, uh, sending it to them, um, and this was about a time where I was still trying to figure out how to i, i i guess want and let people into my life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that's always been kind of like, growing up, uh, I I feel like establishing relationships was a very difficult um proposition for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then this one time, and and then I got into a leather writing in college, um, because people sent me leathers, and I was like, I like this. Uh, but then I got into it too much, where it became kind of a regular thing, and I was sending a lot of people leathers.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. and what were some of the responses? Did <laughs> it
0: ranged from um, thanks for the very personal leather. It was a, a very interesting read. I know a lot about you now, and don't worry, um, it's <laughs> I don't view you differently. <laughs> and two, I'm gonna be very polite in yeah. the next few paragraphs, uh, but please know that was a lot, yeah, yeah, got it. Okay, yeah, yeah. so,
1: but the mis- so you said high risk, high reward, yeah, was it has there been a high reward for that? Has there
0: been a high reward for writing letters, for writing letters, um. I I feel like in terms of my friendships, there has I feel like people probably view me uh, I see in a very um, I guess more a vulnerable light now, which is always I won't say it's always a plus, but for the people I, I've led into my life, it is a plus.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, admittedly, this is hilarious. I I I think I've only written letters to friends. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't really <laughs> use it as like a tool for um. I guess for, like, more intimate relationships.
1: Uh, Um, I see, yeah.
0: um, Yeah, this is something I do think about a lot. Like, with people I've, I guess, more seriously been with is how I'm going to say it. Yep. Um, I admittedly put kind of, like, less effort into those. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know what that says about repetition and how I go about that. Like, maybe I'm selfish and, and, and maybe like in my mind, just uh, my my presence in the relationship is is enough is how I probably justify it
1: subconsciously. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, right? Because there's yeah. that there's that word again. Or that notion, that topic again that we talked mm-hmm. about with communication. Yeah. Where it's not just messages. Sometimes it's about sharing something, whether yeah. that be a presence, whether that be a thought, whether that be uh, a set of beats that, that that makes that helps you feel a certain way. Totally. Yeah. So that's really cool. So, using repetition, then, and community building in a way that ends up forming a type of sharing, right? Mm-hmm. That isn't necessarily overly intimate, but can invite people in in a way that they may not have felt invited in before.
0: Yes, and thank God I look in, I looked at my notes because I have another point for this. <laughs> <laughs> um my way of doing it also is via language um but not english um because i know some spanish yeah um and that's kind of like a a subtle thing i throw in if i'm like if i've been hanging out with someone for a while it's like "Eh, i feel comfortable talking to you in spanish doesn't i don't care if you don't understand i see but it's just such a part of my identity Okay I, I kind of want to introduce it into like Absolutely. I guess the social field.
1: but that's so cool, right because mm-hmm. it's, it is again about inhabiting a certain identity in a certain space rather than communicating a message. Right? And um, this, I think is is, is, is the important aspect of, of how we've been thinking and talking about this type of repetition mm. from the terms of like text and narrative theory and communication theory, or, or frankly for any modernist repetition is something you avoid. Right. Um, like I think it might even be in um, Strunk and White, you know, that little thing that we have for that little guide that I had to read when I was a boy for writing yeah. and other people might reference it uh, about, Problems with repetition in writing. Mm-hmm. What we're talking is kind of throwing that over on its head, right? Yeah, it's really about repetition in some sense. Repetition achieves something in writing that a story or an argument or fashion oh my gosh
0: (laughs) i thought about this walking around seattle uh because what's popular here i've noticed and in terms of fashion not a lot is popular here (laughs) (laughs) i love that uh but people kind of have this early 2000s or just general 2000s goth phase here oh yeah which is kind of funny to me Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of happy for the people who do inhabit that space. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm glad
1: they're, can you explain, explain this phase? Give, give me some examples of what this is like. Um, just (laughs) aesthetically just
0: all black. And that means everything. Oh, black hair, black. Yeah. No, that's right. Blouse, um, black shirt. Like it's. I can't really define it anything clear because there's a lot of variations of goth
1: yeah absolutely um, but I know that type of uh, variation
0: and and me coming from Southern California is very weird just seeing this kind of traditional goth as uh, a way that the younger generation chooses to um, embellish in yeah um, because what I'm familiar with is beach goth
1: okay tell me about beach goth this sounds like something I might like
0: it uses lighter clothing um as a way to contrast the, the dark Agathe mood. mood so it's 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 known more as like a musical phase if anything oh. um kind of i'm going to be kind of a a music nerd about this right now um but like the orange county Indie rock scene from, like, 2010 to, like, 2015.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Burger
0: Records. That yeah. kind of Got vibe. It. Um, aesthetically, though, um, in terms of clothing, it's, I'll, like, black is still the prominent color. But maybe someone wears, like, um, a top that's, like, what's it called? Like a jean, a jean jacket.
1: Yeah, a jean jacket. Yeah. yeah,
0: like a light jean jacket. Or the person wearing it has blonde hair
1: Hmm. Uh,
0: or just uh, things like that. Like, oh, like I acknowledge this as gothic, but there's something about this that feels more welcoming for the outsider. I get it. Yeah. Um, And not as exclusive.
1: Got it. Got it. Um, So we're back to repetition. (laughs) yes we are (laughs) because it's in that act of not just repetition of the same that cuts that can cut people off Mm -hmm. right that's that has a fine uh, it's not fine actually it's a it's a robust line um, between who can fit in this repeated element and who doesn't but the type of repetition you're talking about is much more like a soft repetition that allows for a creativity. It, it, it has the sinews, right, of, of, of the goth, mm-hmm. but it allows for the creativity and the expression on it that um, kind of suggests hey, this is, you know, the goth might be part of what I am, but there's other stuff too. And uh, we can share the goth. But let's express the other stuff as well.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, and there's a lot to consider with that in terms of, I guess, connotations. Huh. Um, yeah. I guess regarding, like, an aesthetic being repetitious for community's sake.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, ideally, I, I feel like soft repetition is the way to do it. Yeah. Um, because if you go entirely hard in that, then you kind of draw a line as to who could join your group.
1: Absolutely. Then it becomes, yeah. You know, in, in my writing, when I've been writing about goth Mm -hmm. recently, um, one of the things I've noticed, and this is with a lot of social movements, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, when, or actually a lot of education, Mm -hmm. when it becomes an element unto itself, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's that repetition is the same. Yeah. Right. When the, when the teleological uh, process wants to repeat just what just happened, Mm -hmm. that's when you lose your creativity. That's when, that's when you aren't able to reach out. Mm -hmm. And, um, and also, and this goes back to your point about Seattle fashion. (laughs) That's when it becomes a cliche. It is kind of a cliche. Yep. Oh, my God. I think I might be a beach goth.
0: <laughs> you, got, you know I would not be surprised. <laughs> S- Seattle as a cliche. Um, I think about that in other forms. I won't touch too deeply into it.
1: Oh, that could be, that could be the subject for a whole another podcast, man. Flannels. That's the only thing I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, what's interesting is that's... The, the, a lot of the flannel stuff now mm-hmm. Comes out of California It's the difference between North and South
0: Northern California yeah, maybe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know an LA person May not think of Northern California As California
0: <laughs> Just a quick disclaimer for the audience uh, Being from LA I have a lot of thoughts on these things <laughs> There is no Concrete LA fashion I, I, I would argue this Right. Really depends on neighborhood <laughs> <laughs> okay that's good yeah wow that's a great way to end it Philip.
1: <laughs> yeah thanks thanks, Lennon. Uh, this was this was a lot of fun and I, I it actually it, we actually I think uh, kind of in our discussions actually kind of helped to recreate some of the joy that you and I have talking about stuff so I really appreciate it
0: heck yeah that's what <laughs> I want to achieve um, do you have any concluding thoughts no that's fine